0: Welcome to the River City 360 Road Trip. Today, we're heading out to Austin, Manitoba, where we visited the Manitoba Agricultural Museum. Let's go. Welcome back to River City 360. We're on a road trip in Austin, Manitoba today at the Manitoba Agricultural Museum and I'm now joined by Anaïs Bernat. She is the Executive Director and Curator of the Agricultural Museum and we're about to uh, to take a tour of the, uh, the museum here today. Anaïs, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Give us a little bit of background about the Manitoba Agricultural Museum and an event that's held here that's very special to Austin that's happening this weekend.
1: So the Manitoba Agricultural Museum is born from the dream of passionate people, basically. It was born in uh, the 50s, in 1951, from a group of people that loved agricultural machinery and equipment, and they could see it was getting sold, it was getting broken into pieces and uh, sold to the U.S. or other parts of Canada. And the goal was really to keep those machines in Manitoba, especially the ones that were Manitoba made, and use them. So part of the fun was to actually gather and use the machines together with your friends, and that's something that is very much still here in the museum today. That's also something that is happening during the Manitoba Freshman Reunion, July 26th to the 29th.
0: We will head off to our first stop and take a look what's there.
1: Okay, let's do that.
0: So we're out here taking a look at these rows of steam engines. Tell us a little bit about what we're seeing here.
1: Yeah, so that's our collection of steam engine tractors. So we have quite a few of them. Uh, We have some on the grounds as well. Under these sheds here, there are seven of them that are still in use today. So obviously they are inspected regularly and then our volunteers can have fun with them. We actually also hold a steam school with the Steam Association of Manitoba. So that's... Really, the goal is to keep the passion going, being able to use them and man- maintain them for everyone to see. Steam engine tractors were very big at the end of the 19th century, very beginning of the 20th century. And they kind of got replaced with gas tractors uh, in the 20s and 30s. But they work the same way as your old locomotives was. <laughs> so definitely lots of water needed. And to power the fire, mostly wood. Um, later on, a bit coal, But that was mostly mostly for the locomotives. And sometimes even on the field, they would use straw. So
0: we're now at the Centennial Building and one of the bigger attractions here at the museum, Big Roy. Tell us a little bit about Big Roy, the tractor that we're seeing here.
1: Big Roy, first, is huge. That's why it's named this way. (laughs) And it also has a power of attraction because it's a unique one. It's a, it's a, it was meant as a prototype and it has never been put into production. So because of that, we are the only ones that have a Big Roy because there is only one Big Roy. It's also versatile, so it's a Manitoba company. So that's pretty cool to have it here with us and showcase Manitoba knowledge and skills. So yeah, it was created as a prototype the idea was to put it in into production at the end of the 70s but it's pretty big and it requires quite a lot of gas so after creating it they realized that it might not be the best seller because of the price point and then the price to just run it on a regular basis. So then it was uh, donated to uh, the museum later on, and we're pretty proud to have it here. We have visitors from all around the world that ask us to see Big Roy here.
0: So now, just outside of the uh, Centennial building, we're now approaching the Homesteader's Village, and there's a signpost with all kinds of arrows pointing to different buildings. Give us a bit of a general sense of the, the
1: Homesteader's Village. It's about 25 buildings of pioneer times so the idea is really to show the life in rural manitoba at that time and to kind of connect with the agricultural equipment so what the daily life would be after the farm i guess all of the buildings here have been moved here except for one we still have the original building uh, from the families that donated the land for the museum so the house hasn't moved it's called the Carothers house and the Carothers family was instrumental in creating the museum. So as I said, they donated this house and uh, the land around it. But they are also uh, the families that began that little threshing fun event that I mentioned earlier, and that led to the Manitoba Thresherman's Reunion later on. The other ones have been moved here in the 60s and 70s for most of them. And they are all organized around one road, which is kind of the traditional way of uh, seeing them in, a, in an old town. And we have uh, churches, uh, houses, manor. We have two schools, general store, post office. You can already see everything in the little town. Uh, Later on, we'll see the mill and the blacksmiths and the library as well. So
0: you were mentioning the Carruthers family donated the land and and really was kind of instrumental in getting the museum going and and even the thresherman's reunion going. Can you tell us a little bit more about the family in this house?
1: Yeah, so that was a pretty big family. The family moved into the house in the 1910s and then stayed there. Um, The family, the house got an annex built to it because it was getting too small for this big family uh, in the 20s and then that's where they lived until the parents passed away.
0: We're starting to make our way into uh, into town.
1: So the livery, most people would arrive by horse or pass through town by horse or on their way somewhere else, they need some place for their horse to stay for the night. So the person owning it would also make small repairs if needed, making sure that the person can go to their next stop safely.
0: And then we've got a blacksmith shop here.
1: Yeah, a blacksmith is important person. They take care of the horseshoes, obviously, for the horses, but he also makes all of the tools, anything that is made of metal. So there was one for the whole town and that's where everyone would go to. A lot of the commerce was done on a trade base, so you would give them maybe some flour or some grain in exchange for fixing your tools. So we also have two meals in the village. We are passing one of them right now. Again, very important. Uh, most people would pay for uh, the milling in grain. So you would give a little bit of grain or of the flour when it's uh, milled to the millman. So now we are reaching the edge of the village Theoretically, that's usually where people would arrive. So we went backwards. Uh, we can leave the museum now through the train station. So the train station is the spot where people would arrive to the village. Uh, it's usually on, a, on an angle to the main street, and that's where they will bring all their belongings with them as well if they are settling in Manitoba. So usually there are quite a few items in their luggage, but that's also the place where the grain is leaving from. So very important for uh, the Manitoba economy to ensure that the farmers here can sell their products uh, to other provinces. Our trains were working with steam, so you needed to put some water in those engines to make them run. So that's why in the landscapes in Manitoba, we often see the water towers and the train station together.
0: All right. So we see a few uh, farm engines here. Tell us a little bit about this area, what we're seeing here.
1: Yeah, so in the museum we have quite a few tractor sheds, as we call them, that are uh, really tractors on display and they really show the evolution of the mechanical aspects and the techniques to um, make them the most efficient possible on the fields because that's ultimately what the goal is, right? To be able to farm efficiently, beginning with the steam engines and there is actually a tractor that shows a cut of a steam engine to understand how that works inside and all the way to more recent years.
0: This weekend, uh, the Manitoba Agricultural Museum is hosting uh, a pretty big event, the uh, the annual Thresherman's Reunion and Stampede. Can you tell us a little bit about the event and what that all entails?
1: Yeah, that's a pretty big event. that's uh, four days. It involves every aspect of the museum. So the machinery is the, the village, but, also much more because there is a rodeo every day as well. There is a parade every day that shows kind of like the, the last display we've seen, the history of, of farm power and the history of our tractors. So you can see the evolution and you can see them running, which doesn't happen that often, so that's pretty exciting. But also activities all day long, um, music, entertainment, and interpretation in the village fashion show from Pioneer Times, so lots of things that will make you travel back in time, I guess.
0: If any of our listeners want to come down, uh, this weekend obviously is a great weekend to do it with the Thresherman's Reunion and Stampede, but if they can't make it this weekend and still want to come down and check out all the cool things that this museum has to offer, how can they visit, how can they get in contact?
1: Yeah, so you can come every day. We are open from nine to five for the summer season, so until the end of September. And after that, our hours are a bit more limited. And it's a $10 admission for adults, $8 for seniors and students, and $5 for children. And you can just come to see us, and we will make sure that you know what there is to see and where to go, and you'll be all set. We have a campground as well, so you can even spend the night here before or after your visit if you want.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Anaïs, for the wonderful tour of the Agricultural Museum.
1: You're welcome, and thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on the RC360 Road Trip. We'll see you next week, same time, different place.